grab this song from. It was... God, it's so good. Near the uh, near the end, I think, of Captain America and the Winter Soldier. WandaVision had some good music. These Marvel stuff has really good music choices. Welcome to today's podcast episode. No, today's Wednesday. It's 2.40. No, no Loki spoilers. Um, maybe later this week we'll discuss it. I haven't watched it yet. And while Loki doesn't need to use music like this um, or any other soundtrack type stuff, the logo, the title screen itself really gets me going. And I've been looking for a more modern example. I don't have one. Remember I loved Dark last summer? Loki kind of reminds me of that. Not as serious and mysterious, but Marvel and Disney are never going to do that. But it's very it's very X-Files-ish, especially with the title card screen with kind of the ominous music and the L-O-K-I scrolling through different fonts. Anyway, uh, that's it for the nerdy stuff for now. I'll save one. I had a very good nerdy day yesterday. I'll leave that for the end of today's podcast. Um, I had invited Lexi from Toledo Pride and so much more on today, but it is very hard to connect with her. And I'm not surprised when two o'clock rolled around and she's like, hey, are we gonna are we on? She's a busy mom of two. She is a wife of of three wife life. So we'll catch up with her. But I really just and I, I I really just need her to get me details to pass on to you because I know a lot of people have questions for Pride. Like, people are still finding out there's no parade this year. No, there's no parade this year. There's three sessions for Live at the Park. Yes. There's three different versions of what would kind of happen on Friday night. And that's probably not even completely accurate because I need Lexi to give me the info. Um, a couple of serious things first, then I'll just throw out... Usually when I'm, I'm monologuing here by myself, I try to keep things short as to not waste your time. And again, the nerdy thing at the end, right in the sweet spot of my nerdiness. First, I was uh, a little bit with what was going on in Perrysburg. And I don't know if you've noticed this. Like, I truly attempt to come off as educated, prepared, researched... I want to be profound. Um, I want to be provocative, but in a thought-provoking way. But usually after, once I research something, we talk about it, usually with Alex or someone else. I let my subconscious ruminate on it, and I'm like, ah. And then I have the aha, the light bulb goes on. Um, let me throw, I, I, I tweeted this earlier. I'm watching Fox News at the gym, and it is wild to juxtapose Fox News next to CNN. I know it's not intentional, but the news channels, the divergent news channels uh, are on at the gym at Planet Fitness um, in Holland right next to one another. Um, uh, so I just, I zone it out and I'm, I think I'm all caught up on Charmed, which I've never watched, but I'm, they have them on a couple of TVs and I'm Yes, that, and I think uh, Supernatural had been on, but now we've moved over to Charmed. And it's crazy to see how... That was 15 years ago, and I'm like, a long time. We didn't really have good HD TV and the fashion back then. Everything was so baggy. So, it's not going to happen. And we all say Fox News. News is in the title. CNN, what is that, like current news now or something? MSN. Um, I think only 
Fox News, there's ABC News and stuff like that, but Fox News, CNN, MSN, MSN, whatever they are. Uh, Fox News and CNN are the ones that jump out. I think news is in the letters of CNN, but they're not news channels anymore. There is some news, and this is why people are, this is why we're so screwed up, why it's so hard to figure out the truth, even for someone like me who thinks, I think I fall on the truth, but it's hard to get it because remember, these, these networks, much like radio stations and most media, are owned by uh, by mega companies, and those mega companies are often publicly traded companies. So they have to satisfy shareholders. They have to make money, even if they're private businesses. Nobody's in business to be a charity. They're in business usually, at the very least, to break even. But they and to do that, you know, they've got to do what draws ratings. And as we found over the last fifteen years, we have gotten farther away from. The, Walt, the, the days when we would sit around, the days when we would, Walter Cronkite, that's my dad. When we would watch Peter Jennings and, Peter Jennings, who's the gentleman? Is he the one that passed away? It's it's a different time from them. But I, I will say that, like, if, when I'm, when I'm at the gym in the morning, it's all junk TV. You are not bettering your mind by watching anything during midday TV. And that includes my dad, who before he goes bowling is watching CNN because it's all slanted. And it's real all, it's it's what sports talk radio had perfected. Opinionist. I'm sorry, what? Well, before there used to be columnists who were on the radio. Now they're opinionists. They were never really journalists. And, and this includes me. They were never really journalists. They didn't have to learn... Um, Journalism 101, Big J Journalism, proper, proper media etiquette. They were just people with big, loud opinions. And that's what so much of TV at night, during the midday, has become. And then we get Dave Muir, Muir at 6, 6.30 or something. And, and then that's more news-centric. But for the most part, Fox News is lots of opinions. And it's there because it's entertainment. And it draws eyeballs. And the eyeballs generate ratings and revenue. Um. So I'm watching Fox News this morning, and apparently some kind of blow-up happened in Virginia at a school district similar to what happened at Perrysburg. Um, And I could just read the subtitles, so I couldn't get the vibe of it. Police were involved. And I'm going to read my tweet. Fox News doing Fox News things, showing some vicious school meeting about crit history, about critical race theory, but history. Um, no, your kid, there was a, and we saw it with the, the woman on the NBC 24 website of stop dividing my kids. Um, this is not meant to be divisive and I'll continue with my tweet. Your kid is not to blame for historical transgressions, AKA history. Your kid in Perrysburg is not responsible for enslaving people that don't look like them. This is all more than my tweet, but I'm using the tweet to jump off with. Your kid is not to blame for historical transgressions, but they need to be aware of what happened and how we got where we are. That's that's what critical. That's what we're trying to do. Um, for the same reason we taught history or math or anything or science to create better human beings. The more we're educated, the smarter we are, the more critically we can think, and that gets us to the last part of my tweet. Uh, And I'll read it again, though. No, your kid is not to blame for historical transgressions, but they need to be aware of what happened and how we got where we are. That will... will Hi. 
I can talk. That will create empathy and better humans. So no, we're not trying to divide anybody. We're trying to create better humans. We're trying to create understanding, which will lead to empathy so that when we're all gone or dead in 20 years, um, there will be more equality. There will be people who don't look like other people fighting for those people that don't look like them. Um, so it's not to, meant to be divisive. And I've learned so much in the last year from memes, from documentaries, from listening to friends. Remember, last last June, we were asked to listen. Shh. Listen. Um, and I've done a lot of that. And now I see how lots of it, Privilege can be a thorny word. I And I remember growing up that um, you have to earn the privilege of driving. And that's by good behavior. But some people were just handed that stuff. This, this silver spoony way. Not driving, but um, the privilege that they have. Um, so I, I, I do now see from listening and watching and hearing and observing how lots of people here, but all over the world. Um, some people have a head start on others. Some people have insurmountable challenges or challenges and hurdles of different sizes to catch up to where lots of people are. And I'm for breaking down some of those hurdles, but I will I will never lament um, people who get in their own way. There are hurdles and then there are people who trip themselves up all the time, which was the Loki meme that I posted when he's like, hey, you're, uh, somebody said, oh, I'm so sorry about Asgard and all your, all your, pla- your planet died. He's like, yes, very sad. Anyway, um, I don't feel bad for the people who complain and just wait for things to happen. Like, like Da Vinci said, and I tried four years ago, don't let things happen to you. Go and happen to things. There was a, again, in my Jim Fox News viewing, there was a, there was a black guy on and he was... He, as you would expect on Fox News, had a contrary, uh, a contrarian perceptive or perspective from what I've digested a lot of over the last year, like I hope you have. And uh, he's a black guy, and he he has been very successful, very successful. And he was pointing out how he, and we've heard this before, he hustled. And I, I couldn't see it. I could only read the subtitles. But he talked about hustling. And he mentioned how, like, many people, not just people who are black, but many people, don't hustle. And if you hustle hard enough, you'll get to where you want to be. And that's not always the case. But you that did remind me of what I like to tell you and what I like to remind you when it comes to anything. And... I don't want this to take the place of having inequitable constructs placed in front of people that they don't deserve, but, um, and with that I mean like constructed systemic racism and inequalities to actively or passively suppress others. But life is not blackjack where you have very little strategy that you can do. Uh, Life is poker, where you can win with a bad hand. And I think that that is very applicable to a lot of the discussion we've been having lately. Um, Another kind of serious thing. No, it's weird. My chair is slipping from underneath my butt right now. God, but... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. Um, I'm over at Amanda's house last night, and I got to give him... I'm not going to say his name because I want to, you know, keep some privacy and secrecy here. I was giving him, I, I managed to give him half a bath. Amanda was having a night. She had a, a migraine and, and took something and it really took her out of commission. I was like, do you want me to get him going? And um, she won't like that I say this, but 
I say with actual love. I'm like, this is pathetic. Um, you're she, at this point, the bath was like it was a long bath, but we're all all three of us are in the bath bath uh, bathroom. He's in the tub. I was drinking my water bottle. He was drinking with a cup bath water, and he and I were spitting water into the tub, acting like well, he might have been acting six. I was probably acting about four, his age. And she was eating Italian ice. She had heard me rave, rave about Ita- Rita's water ice, which I, I worked at back home and something my dad really can't bring me. But Italian ice, Luigi's Italian ice, the cups that you scrape, that's about as close to water ice, at Rita's water ice, as we can get here. And Amanda bought some of them. And she was talking about her past. And Amanda can be emotional. So she was eating her Italian, her lemon Italian ice, which is probably the best flavor getting a little emotional, and him and I are spitting water at one another. I'm like, this is pathetic. But I said it with love. But she was telling me how he uh, he used to, so he was premature, and he used to get super sick when he first started going to uh, daycare and school and all that stuff. He's, he's four. He just turned four. And that makes sense. You know, you got you to gotta break in that immune system. And then we were talking about, like, where he is now, um, he goes to school and he does ABA because uh, he is autistic and nonverbal. So he's everywhere. And she's like, he never gets sick anymore. And I forget how he stumbled onto that. But since I've known him, like he's had nothing, nothing wrong. No, no illness, no nothing. Kind of like Bethany and, and, and Maddie. She just got her first cold. And it made me think of a mystery that I cannot wait for us to unravel with COVID. Um, and it's going to take years. See where I'm going with this at all? Kids, COVID. At the outset of this now, 13, 14, 15 months ago, protect the children. Because usually children are Petri dishes. Boogers, snot, coughing, not covering their mouths, germs everywhere. And we do know that that, that kind of helps them build immunity. But, you know, you hit the, the right strain of the flu or a cold hits the right kid. And before you know it, you know, we've all been in a workplace or a school where... Every week for all of winter, there's a couple of kids out or a couple of employees out because they got the flu worse than everybody else got it. And uh, I don't know how many children have passed away of COVID. They were basically immune. They were like X-Men with this stuff. And I cannot wait to find out when we can look back, and it might be a decade from now. Like, it'll be interesting to find out what in kids kept COVID from attacking them like it did so many others. I get it with with older people who were the most susceptible. Also, people of color. Um, and that might go back to healthcare and, um, and nutrition and things like that. But older people. Mostly, my dad was very concerned. He was wearing a face shield to go bowling when he was allowed to. So, obviously, you're older. You don't have the same immune system as when you're younger. But then we saw, like, after we got those people vaccinated, a lot of people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s who were pretty healthy got slayed, were slain by COVID. And it's still never, and and I might be wrong, and I am very sorry if I'm being a little ignorant. I'm sure children have died, but, like, not in mass. I don't, I personally don't know of, any any kid or teen who was afflicted at all by COVID. And I am fascinated to find out what protected them. Uh, one more quick serious thing to get to here, and then the nerdy thing at, at the end. Um, hi, Vinny. You've heard us mention Vinny on the show before, and hopefully we can have him on because he is a great sounding board for uh, a lot of things and gives us good feedback on the show, and I've now known him for like seven or eight years, and we talk every day. 
He was one of the first people I told that I got a Switch last night. That's right. I finally jumped in that pool. Not a PS5, but a Switch. Mostly for just one game. Anyway, uh, Vinny and I were talking last night, as, as we usually are, uh, about, about a lot of these topics. And, oh, it was about, uh, he asked me, where did I find a Switch? And I've been kind of hunting it for a couple of weeks. And like two weeks ago, you can get them almost anywhere. My brother, uh, Phoenix, broke his wrist the other day. Uh, last Friday, went to GameStop to get a new Switch because his had broke. And I guess he was able to find one. And I told Paul I was looking for one. He's like, good luck finding one. And he was right. Nothing on Amazon, nothing at Target, nothing at But I just kept going back to the sites. And I finally found one. Um, I'll be able to pick it up on Saturday, which is completely fine. And Vinny had asked me, I think, like where I got it. I said, Best Buy. And we he mentioned something about like it's it was easier to find that than to find a, a hardworking employee at, at some kind of dead-end job. And I know what he was referring to. And it really got me thinking, like, aren't most jobs a dead-end? I haven't completely thought, thought this out, but... The thinking I've done for it is that we're all so different and we're all trying to think about a bigger problem because we're all running into places that don't have enough employees. I I, I just I, I, I don't go to Panera anymore. I just go to Tim Hortons because I can basically walk there rather than go to Panera and see that they didn't have enough employees to keep the dining room open so I can get my free coffee. Um, but everyone is in a different place. We all truly have different factors that make up our life and make up the decisions that we, we make. And yeah, I'm like, isn't every job a dead end? No, again, that's my perspective. So, and remember, there is a difference between a job and a career. And a job could be one of the older gentlemen who works at Panera. Like, that's all that guy's going to be. But you know what? Maybe he's retired and he just, and he, like my dad, wants to do something to stay busy and he's totally fine doing that. Um, as I mentioned, I think last year, last week on the podcast or somewhere, just because. A fast food job is not right for you doesn't mean it's not right for somebody else. But when I think about like those types of jobs, unless you get pulled into the corporate culture and those jobs, the dead end jobs have to do a better job of appealing to people who can maybe rise up the ranks and become management, corporate, regional managers, make good money, get good benefits. But a lot of those jobs are, they have a very small hole to thread the needle, I think. And I'm again, I haven't completely thought this out, but I, I just wanted to kind of ramble with some thoughts on it. When I think of those jobs, um, unless you're going to go through that management route or something, who's your pool to choose from? Maybe like uneducated, unskilled workers? Okay. Uh, and I, I know there could be, a, could be a lot of those, but maybe they're uneducated or unskilled because of systemic reasons or they just don't want to get off their ass because they can't get out of their own way so it's mostly like older people like maybe slightly or about to be retired people who just want to stay busy and make a couple of bucks or younger people so people like the, the prime working age people don't can't or won't fill these jobs and I think it's almost always been like this but we're having more people are having this awakening that hmm, I don't like working here. It is just a job. The money's not great. The people treat me like shit. I'm not, I don't have to deal with this, especially now with other, with someplace down the street. If I can make twelve fifty instead of eleven fifty, I'm out of here. That's not getting into is it a better work environment or anything like that. But it's going to be interesting. And and I, I go back to the joke that I made early on with the 
we don't have enough employees. Um, people now, when I was growing up, like I worked at the skating rink because I hung out there. I worked at Rita's because I had a friend who, uh, a friend's cousin ran the place. So I know they were good places to work. I didn't really have jobs that I hated. I even delivered something what uh, older people call newspapers. I had a couple of newspaper routes. And uh, it was the contract I had with my dad. If you want to drive, if you want, if you want to take the car, you you're going to pay for your insurance. To pay for my insurance, I had to, um, I had to get a job. And like the skating rink was a bike ride away. So before I could drive, I would have to get dropped off or ride my bike there. And I've kind of overlooked that as part of a. Um, as part of this working discussion and why we can't find workers and, and things like that, but people are giving more thought um, to, I guess, it, how they drive, how they get to places. They can't, whether they like it or not. And they, they, they just do the calculus on it, and it's pros and cons, good and bad, and you can make that decision very easily. Just pull a piece of paper, write a line down the middle, and, and do the math visually in front of yourself. But uh, we also live to go back to an earlier statement and kind of like the ethos of it's not blackjack, it's poker. You can win with a bad hand. Um, there is a guy um, I came across in an NBA, an NBA account. He draws basically what are colorful but funny stick figures of NBA players. He's got 15,000 followers. So to go back to my comment from the early part of this, like when I was growing up, I didn't have OnlyFans. Like it was the skating rink. It might have been, it, it was going to have to be fast food if I wasn't already ingrained in some of these other places, which again, not necessarily the de- desirable job, but I wouldn't have necessarily had the choice. There are plenty of young people who are super creative. Just look at TikTok. These people and YouTube creators, they can certainly monetize things so they don't have to go into this, to this maybe unappealing line of work. But let's let's remember there is a difference between a, a job and a career. And my advice to you, which I think you already know is strive for a career because again, we are often subject to challenges around us that are out of our control, but there's plenty of things we can control. One of the reasons I was so terrified to edit, to ever get anybody pregnant was that means I have to stay in that particular place and might have to pass up a more appealing radio job. And I don't want to do that. Same reason I never bought a house. Okay, you can get a great deal on a house. You're throwing rent money away. You're throwing money away with rent. Yeah, but if I have to pick up and leave and can't sell the house. So be wary of the decisions that lead you to have bad experiences. Like when I was growing up, a lot of people who I grew up around, hung out around, got people pregnant. And you know what? They It derailed their goals and aspirations and the careers they wanted to go after. Because you know what? Instead of being able to take the time to gain the skills or get educated for a particular job or vocation, they had to make money right away because they left it in somebody. And they had to take care of that kid. And look, maybe they wound up loving that child. Maybe even they love that person. But when I grew up in the 2000s, there wasn't so much of that. 90s was teen pregnancy, Uh, 2000s was uh, getting somebody pregnant who you didn't love, and we got a lot of single parents now. But when you make those kind of decisions, you literally derail your life. And by the time you can get back on track, you're maybe too old or don't have the patience, or for one reason or another, your goals are derailed. Same thing, I guess, the two things that jumped out to the most were were getting someone pregnant or being pregnant or um, debt. I also remember when I turned 18, 19 and went away to college, get a credit card, get a credit card. A lot of people go into debt for, for very, and I'm not talking about like the medical debt 
were some of the things that Alex has talked about. Um, there's obviously school debt, but like conscious choices you can avoid. Um, maybe it would be buying a home or living beyond your means. And then before you know it, you're in insurmountable debt and you have to take a job that it pays well, but it's going to wind up kind of being a dead end. So be wary of your choices that lead you into a life and a job that you greatly dislike. I don't think my dad loved working for this. He worked for the Juvenile Justice Department, Juvenile Justice Center, the Youth Study Center in Philadelphia. Um, and he was like one of the one of the managers, upper middle management. But I don't think he liked his job. I think what he liked, he did that job because it paid pretty well. City pensions, where the city basically pays you into retirement, um, which don't exist anymore and have crippled cities. He did it because it paid well and it took care of the family. And he looked forward to coming home and me and him going to the Y to play basketball or taking me to my baseball game. That were, was his outlet. So you can survive a soul-sucking job, but not if you've made decisions that have put you there and you've now got financial responsibilities. Um, Carl Nassib, I hope I'm saying that right. So for a day or so with uh, the big place that sells jerseys, his were number one across the league, which makes me very happy. He got great support from his organization, the Raiders, his head coach, John Gruden, but unfortunately not many players. I think J.J. Watt and Saquon Barkley from the Giants were the only high-profile ones who said something. Because, again, like we talked about yesterday, lots of homophobia and fear in the NFL. And I'm sure that some of those uh, people bought Carl Nassib jerseys just to burn them because they're hateful people. Um uh, so my friend Sophia from NBC24 brought up the light at Western. And if it's the one I'm thinking at where you're turning left coming from South Toledo onto the trail to go towards downtown, there's a Burger King there. And that light is quick. Most of the times when I've been making that left, it's very hard to get three cars to go through that green. And my theory is this. Um, someone should fix it, obviously, I think. And maybe it's just they hopefully have done studies to make it right for the traffic flow. But that light is so far away from the traffic that it directs. By the time you get to the light, it's almost ready to go yellow. There are a lot of car lengths between where you're stopped and the light. Does that make sense? But if it's not Western, it's South. And maybe both are super, super fast. A couple of other things. Um, I know when I was a kid, like my dad might have to run the concession stand as part of my little league stuff. And I played for the Bustleton Bengals. And I know that's a thing now. It helps offset some costs or raise some money. I don't know much about this now, but I see the Muddins, I guess, have been doing this for a couple of years. They've raised about a quarter of a million dollars for nonprofits. Uh, you and no less than 10 people can work a concession stand at the Muddins game to raise money for your cause. I love that. And it also gets the mud hens like some, some labor. Like the, that, again, that's, that's just the job. But maybe you like being out at the ballpark and you love baseball and just want to hang out there. But I'm sure some people don't love it for whatever reason. Uh, but it's a great idea by the mud hens. I'm sorry that I just fell onto it. Fakasha's is now a brunch spot on the weekends. They have upgraded a great deal. Same guy, Eddie B., Eddie Bachinski, who owns the Blarney. Big TV now at Fakasha is known for their, their deli sandwiches and more. Now it's a brunch place with, yes, alcohol and a lovely garden aesthetic that has been put in there that hopefully you'll see if you're downtown this weekend. I think Friday is their opening. 
reopening, grand opening, soft opening. If not, maybe next week for the fireworks. I'll be at the hotel for a pre-fireworks party at the Renaissance. I saw Jaden Jefferson tweet out something. You want to be downtown by 9 o'clock. I tweeted back. I want to be out of downtown by 9 o'clock. There will be food trucks ready to go at 5, and there will be um, the project places to get vaccinated if you haven't done that. But I'm, I'm wondering. So what? 300 and some million have people have got, or 350 million, which is arguably our population, have gotten shots, but only 46% of the population is vaccinated. What percent do you think of listeners to the podcast are vaccinated? I bet it's pretty high, like 80, 90%, unless there's like some kind of immunocompensation in play. Last thing, kind of quietly yesterday, there was no teasing or anything. It just, I just saw it happen. There have already been some castings. One of the guys from In the Heights, and I think he was also in Hamilton as the main human. No more uh, Shia LaBeouf. Do it! And another woman from Judas and the Black Messiah have been the uh, the main humans cast for Transformers 7. You, if you're not a nerd, you can turn out now or turn off now. It's called Rise of the Beasts. So it's incorporating um, in something from the latest toy line. So Transformers Beast Wars, they were, uh, it was during prehistoric, it was set in prehistoric times. Apparently it is quite an innovative, innovative and memorable 90s cartoon, but like mid to late 90s. So I was out of my cartoon watching phase, Beast Wars. At that point, but it is quite revered. I think it's back. Check Tubi for these things. Tubi has a great uh, collection of 80s and 90s cartoons and animated shows. So um, they turn into, instead of turning into cars, they turn into animals and dinosaurs and all that stuff. So there'll be a focus in this new movie. Optimus Prime will be there. It'll have the vibe of the animated show, kind of like closest to Bumblebee, if you saw that. He'll be in the movie, Um, but some new introductions. And it's by the guy who did... I think his name is Stephen Capel. He did Creed 2. Um, and here's my thinking. I always expected the next batch of Transformers movies to be better than the Bavers, which I didn't love, but they satiated me because it was like, holy shit. The, the thing I love most from my childhood is on the big screen. I love this. And there were some real big mistakes or missteps or things that they should have asked me for creative thoughts on, but it's mostly the last one was pretty brutal, but I Bumblebee was a great harbinger that things would be better because I think Travis Knight was the guy who directed that. Loved the cartoon growing up, and basically he and the next director again Stephen Capel. Sorry if I'm missing that up. They're gonna take the foundation of the Michael Bay movies, which will still be part of the canon, and kind of do some of the things I was thinking. Because they probably grew up with these, as I did. So they'll they'll add some of the things that I wanted to correct with the first five movies. And this is, Bumblebee was six, this will be seven. They're going to take the, the Bay versus the Foundation and improve upon it. Um, and the Bumblebee guy is capable. I think this guy will be completely capable. And that's it for nerd stuff and for today's podcast. Thank you for being here tomorrow. Daniel Ortiz, who is running for an at-large spot on city council, will be back on the podcast. We will talk to you on Thursday.